Okay, good morning, everybody. The Talmud Torah sponsors of the day, Max and Brenda, Brenda Lapkowski, in honor of Yitzhak Meir's upcoming bar mitzvah, Rif, Riva Mitzner, in commemoration of the first yard of her father, Larry Schneck, Ari Menchaim Zatzal. A week of learning is by Aaron and Alana Weinberg in honor of their daughters, Bas Mitzvah, Dina Hinda. And the Dafyomi sponsors Hill and Dina Saklov in, in memory of Hillel's brother, Shmar. Shmar Yehu ben Avram Abba Zatzal and Yisrael ben Avram Abba Zatzal. The Plunka family for the Yaretzes of Yisachar ben Yaakov Avinu Zatzal and Yitzhak ben Yehuda Zatzal on the tenth of Av. Eliezer Langer, recognition and appreciation of the Shi'urim and warmth of Rabbi Silber for the Yaretzes of Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Moshe Langer and Rivka Bas Yitzhak Langer and their family and all the Kedoshim from Europe. Okay. We will begin the bottom of Yudbeis and Yudbeis. We read this quickly at the end yesterday. Two lines up. Three lines up. Amr of Yehuda. Hani shushi v'shvatsri mesachin b'hu. So these are types of foods, types of vegetables, which are not normally eaten by people, and therefore they're not makabal toma. So Rav Yehuda said that a person is allowed to eat the, to, to use them as hischach. Abayi Omer, b'shushi mesachachin, b'shvatsri lo mesachachin. Abayi said, the first one I agree to you, but the second one not. My time came into sorry rechayu, shavik luhu v'nafik. That since they smell bad, badly, we're concerned that a person is not, not going to enjoy his sukkah, and therefore leave his sukkah in the middle of sukkahs. These are types of, Rashi says, mini snes, some type of a thorn bush. So Rav Chanan Bar Rava said a person could use them as chach. It fits the criteria. It grows from the ground. It's not makabal tumma. Abayi Amar, behizmi mesachin, the first one I agree, behigi lo mesachinon. My time came with the nasri tarfayu shavik lovenafik. That since the leaves, would very often fall down, and to the person who's sitting underneath, it's not very enjoyable. So Ba'i said, I'm concerned that a person's going to leave. So that means, you're not allowed to use smelly things for schach, and you're not allowed to use the type of schach which would very often fall down on a person's head and make it not enjoyable to be in the sukkah. Okay, so we talked about yesterday in the Mishnah, that there's a dindarab banan, which is if you have a bundle of wood or a bundle of sticks, so then you're not allowed, not allowed to use it for schach, which we discussed. The reason is that if a person would be coming home and it's wet and he throws it up on top of something just to dry and then later decides to use it for, for his schach, so that's a problem, dairaisa. Since he didn't put it up for shade, it's a problem. So Chazal made a they made a decree that you can never use that type of roof for a sukkah out of the concern that a person's going to get confused and use it even in the case where he put it up, not for shade. So now we're going to have a Gemara trying to define basically which types of bundles did, were included in that prohibition. So, Amrav Gidol Amrav, Hai Afkusa Buhu. If you have outgrowths of a tree, which are all attached together at one point, but they grow out at another point. So in other words, imagine it's like you had a whole bunch of single pieces of wood which are tied at one end. 
Just the difference here is the tide at one end is because they grew out of the same place. So they're naturally tied at one end. So Rav Gidol Merav says, That's fine to use that as That it doesn't have a definition of becoming, being tied together if the way it grew naturally, it was connected. That's not included in Chazal's definition of being eged. So therefore, a person is allowed to cut that down and put it up and use that as a schach, that was not included in our gzeirah. And even if a person would then take a string and tie it around this naturally um, connected bundle of wood, that's still fine. Because tying together something which is already together is not called tying it together. So in other words, you almost have like have a loophole that it worked out that you can use this type of bundle, because since it grew naturally, that's not called bound together. Thank you. And, and tying it together an additional time didn't really do anything, because it was already connected. And therefore, a person could use that for his schach. So this is really the same halacha, just from a different type of tree. Even though they grew together, that's okay, that's not called that it's, it's bound together. Even though you tied it again with a string, something which is already tied together, tying it again, doesn't define it as being tied together. In halacha, it's brought that if a person would add one more stick and then tie it together, then that would already be called a bundle and that would be included in, in the gzeir of chazal. But as long as it's the natural outgrowth of the tree and a person decided to tie it again, that would be fine to use that for a schach. person has reeds or dukranim So Rashi here says, Mashmatre mili. We're originally assuming it's two different things. Vidukranim kumo yachbor bedeker. I don't know the exact translation of, of, of what that is. Huh? Cane stocks. Okay, thank you. So, so the Gemara originally thought it was two separate things. The Gemara asked, what, what is the Brisa teaching me you can use? Kanim means, means a, type, a type of wood that grows from the ground that's not makabotoma. So that's obvious a person could use that for schach. So, no, the way to read the Brisa is, which means if you read it together as one case, kanim sheldukranim, so Rashi explains that's really what we were referring to before. That we have a support to the halacha we said before, that if you have outgrowths from a tree, which all are connected at one point and then separate, that's kanim sheldukranim, even though they look like they're bound together, a person could use that as schach because that was not included in the gzeira that Chazal made. The Amr of Chizna Ravina Barshila. Okay, so now we're jumping to Pesach. The reason we're jumping to Pesach is sometimes in the Gemara, if a person spoke before and he had another statement, so often the Gemara will, once it quoted the one person, will, will continue to quote different statements that he said. 
So we quoted before Rav Chizdam, Ravina Varshila, so we're quoting another statement that he said. So he said, a type of maror, which was called maraisa de agma, that it grew in the agam, a person could use that on Pesach. In other words, it had a different name. It wasn't just called maror. It was called maror, which grew in the agam, in that lake, the swamp. Mesve challenges the Gemara. Azov, we have different halachas in the Torah, which it requires using in Azov. And the Bryce says, Azov, v'lo Azov yav. Person could use something which is called an Azov, but not something which, which is called an Azov Yavan, uh, a Greek Azov. V'lo Azov Kuchli, v'lo Azov Midbari, v'lo Azov Romi, v'lo Azov Sheish Lashem Levoy. So the Bryce is saying when the Torah says Azov, you need to find something which is called Azov. If you find something which is called by like a nickname, the Azov of that town, so then that doesn't fit the criteria. So the Gemara is challenging is, the Torah says you have to eat maror on Pesach. So Rav Chizda, Amr Ravina Barshila said, and if the maror has a nickname, that's okay. Challenges the Gemara, we have a Brisa saying, when the Torah says you need to use an Azov, if the Azov has a nickname, it's not okay. okay so there's a question like, how do, we, how do we deal with, when the Torah says a term, so it doesn't need to be specifically that, that item, or let's say that item has a nickname. If there's, there's a different way people refer to that item. They call it the maror of that town, the azov of that town. So he came and said, it's okay. The Gemara is challenging for the Brisa, it would seem that it's not okay. Because the Brisa said, an azov, which is referred to as azov of that town, that city, or that country, would be a problem. So that's the question. Omer Abaye, Abaye answers, Says Abai, if before the Torah was given, there was already different names for this item. So he's saying by Azov, there was already different names in the world. That in Yavan, they called it Azov Yavan. In Rome, they called it Azov Rome. And then when the Torah comes, it says, you need to use an Azov. So if there was already, let's say, five different names of the word Azov in the world, and the Torah comes and says, use Azov without referencing a specific type, so then it's coming to say something which is called Azov to the exclusion of Azov Yavan, Azov, Azov Romi. In other words, if by the time the Torah was written, there was already different ways to refer to it, and the Torah said it in, in a way without the nicknames, then it's coming to exclude the nicknames. But Vahani saying the reason by Maror it's different is because by this Maror, at the time the Torah was given, was just referred to as Maror. And therefore, when Hashem said you should eat Maror, it included anything which was called Maror. And if at a later point in time we start calling it a different name, right, we would start calling our Maror Maror Ploni. We would give it a nickname. So Abayi is saying the reason that's fine is because when the Torah was given, it said, eat maror. This was defined as maror at the time the Torah was given. The fact that today I come and make up a new name for it is not going to disqualify it from being included in the Torah's definition of what maror is. So by Azov, he's saying, since before the Torah was given, there was different definitions 
So then when the Torah comes and says, use Azov, it's coming to say that one as opposed to the others. But if the Torah says, eat mur, and I come up today and make up a new name, a new nickname for my murr, so that's not going to be a problem, right? I, I, there's a brand name of the murr in the store. So everybody, imagine there was a famous murr out there that everybody was just running in line to get. Okay, so everybody, huh? Tokar? Okay. You know more than me. Okay, so let, let's say to, Tokoff Mar. Huh? Okay, so everybody's running in line. Okay, so the fact that we all refer to it when we're talking to each other as a specific type of Mar is not going to change anything. Because it's, it's Mar of the Torah. At a later point in time, it got a brand name that we refer to it differently. Because that's a Bai's answer. Ravam or Hanim or Isis, Stamashmai. Bahai, the Karilum or Isis, the Agma, Shundir Shtakach, the Agma. Rav is saying a different answer. He's saying, really, even this type of maror is called maror. When people call it maraisa the agma, it's because that's where you could find it. In other words, they're not giving it a new name. They're saying this is the maror which can be found at that location. And therefore, that's not the, really defined as a nickname. Okay. Amr Afizda, Igid Bechad, Loshme Egid. Afizda said, if a person bound something, if he took one material and tied it, that's not called bound. Shalush, if he took three materials and bound it together, shmei eged, that's for sure called an eged. Shnayim machlokas rav Yosef If it's two, you took two different materials and tied it together, Rav Chiz is telling us that's a machlokas rav Yosef We're going to try to figure out where he saw that's a machlokas rav Yosef Rabbanan. So let's just read. Says Rashi, take a look at Rashi, parallel to the Gemara we just read. Lo shmei eget. Rashi says, Lo le'inyan chavila l'sachech, that if it's one and you tie it, it's not called an eged regarding chavila l'sachech, right, that word is schach, not for using it, it's not a problem to use it as your schach. Velo le'inyan agudas ezev, and it's not a problem for agudas ezev. So what Rashi is saying is that this Gemara is, yes, talking about schach. Right? So our Mishnah talked about using a bundle for schach. Rashi is saying this Gemara we're having is also talking about schach, which means that if you have three, the Gemara said it's for sure a problem. So that means according to Rashi, this Gemara just told us, how big of a bundle is it? That's a problem. If you have three sticks tied together, then you cannot put it up on your sukkah. Okay, so I was waiting for somebody to ask me. Schachmetz. Okay? Rabbi Silver did not ask me to come in and tell everybody that you cannot use your schachmetz. Okay, so schachmetz are going to be fine. What we will see, I don't know if I'll be giving this to you then, but it's very, it's very clear from the Gemara's later. There's something called machzelas. Okay, so machzelas is basically a schachmetz. Right? It's, it's something they would use, some type of sticks tied together, which they would use to lie down on. So it's, uh, to me, it's very clear in, in the Gemara and in the Halacha that machtelis is totally fine. So the difference is that that's not called a chavil. In other words, that's not called a bundle of sticks. A schachmat is, is a bunch of little sticks tied together to make a straight line. In other words, you're not stacking them all on top of each other to carry it as a bundle. So it seems to me that that's why that's not included in this, in this decree that we're making. But this Gemara is saying according to Rashi, that if you have three sticks tied together in a bundle, that would be a problem. In Shulchan Aruch, we paskin, not like this Rashi. Right? One could have learned this Gemara 
that the Gemara is not talking about sukkah anymore. The Gemara is talking about when you have a, when you have a halach of agudas ezov, which is what the price of the, what we're going to bring is going to be about. So you can have a discussion. If it's one and you tie it, it's okay. If it's three and you tie it, it's not okay. Two is a machlokas. Schach? We didn't talk about schach. And it would come out, this Gemara ne- never defined for me when it's a problem. So in Shulchan Aruch, it's brought that as long as it's less than 25 sticks together, then it's really okay. So, I mean, you could have 24 sticks together tied and thrown it on top of your sukkah. That's not, that's not what our Mishnah was saying. Mishnah was saying 25 or more. Okay, but according to Rashi, it's saying, if you have three, it's a problem. If you have one and you tied it, it's okay. If you have two, that's a machlokas or vyasa rabbanat. It's not. Mitzvahs, ezo, shlosha klachin, ubehen shlosha giv'on. The mitzvah is to have three stalks, which each has a giv'olin, which Rashi says is the middle part of the branch, which the seed is on the top. Okay, so that's the first opinion. Rabbi Yossi, Yom Remitzvah's Ezov, Shlosha Giv'olin. Rabbi Yossi says you should have three. V'shir of Shnayim, which means if one of the three fell out, that's okay. V'gardom of Kolshehu, and when a, after a person sprinkles many times, so then Rashi says it's very often that they would totally break. So if it breaks in that process, as long as there's a little bit left, it's okay. Okay, so we're going to be trying to pay attention to is where do we see a disagreement between the Rabbanan and Ribyosi if there's two? Right? Rav Chizda told us if it's, there's one and he tied it, it's fine. If there's three and he tied it, everyone agrees it's a problem. Rav Chizda told us that the machlokas is if there's two. So we're going to try to figure out where did he see that. So the Gemara says, We thought to say that if Rabbi Yossi holds that if there's two left over, which means one fell out, so then that means even, even at the beginning a person could make it just with two pieces of the wood tied together. Right? And Rabbi Yossi said, you should have three, that was better. But halachically, it's, it's okay if you started with two pieces of the wood tied together. <coughs> so if that's what Rabbi Yossi said, it would be the Rabbi Yossi shlosha mitzvah, the Rabbanan shlosha la'ake. So if Rabbi Yossi held that having the three is just preferable, better, but it doesn't change the status of being kosher as the agudas ezov, so then the Rabbanan must be disagreeing with something, must have been holding that you need three. So maybe that's where Rav Chizda saw it. And in Rabbi Yossi who said two, if it ended up with two is okay, we're assuming holds, even at the beginning when you make the bundle, you can do it with two sticks. And the Rabbanon are disagreeing with something, they must hold you need three sticks. So maybe that's where Rav Chizda saw the disagreement. Umar says, no, Vatani Rav Yossi Omer, Eizov Shetchilos HaShnayim, Yeshai Rav Echad Apostle, Rabbi Yossi says explicitly that if at the beginning in making your agudas ezov, you only made it with two things together, it's a problem. It's only good if at the beginning when you made it, it had three, and then if one of the three fall out, it's okay. But you can't say in Rabbi Yossi that even at the beginning when you made this bundle, you can make it with two sticks, because it's, it's explicit that Rabbi Yossi holds you need three. So Ipach the Rebiosi Shloshalaka the Rabbana Shloshalamitzvah. So Rav Chizda must have understood the opposite. <clears throat> that in Rebiosi it's clear in the Brisa that you need three at the beginning. So the Rabbanan 
are disagreeing, they must have held that the that two is what you need, three is better. In other words, we just flip, we flip the names. So Rav Chizda said, if you have one stick and you tie it together, everyone agrees, that's not called an egged. If you have three and you tie it together, everyone agrees, it's called an egged. If you have two, Rabbi Yossi held, that's a problem, and the Rabbanon were lenient and held, that's okay. Vatanya, so normally Vatanya is a question. Here Rashi says, Benichusa. Sometimes the Gemara will bring up Raisa, and use the word vahatanya and it'll be a support. So that's Rashi saying ubenichusa, which means the Gemara is not trying to ask a question. Ezov shetchilasa shnayim v'shayrev echad kosher. That if you had an ezo, which originally was with two, and one of them fell out, it's kosher. Ve'ein opasal shetchilasa v'shayrev echad. It's only a problem if at the beginning it was one, or right now the Gemara is reading it as, or it ended up with one. Ask the Gemara, Shai Revechad Pasal Amrat Shai Revechad Kosher. The first line said, if you started with two and ended up with one, it's okay. The next line we read it as saying, if you started with one or ended up with one, it's a problem. So ask the Gemara, you just contradicted yourself. First you said, if you ended up with one, it's okay. Then you said, it's a problem. Now the way to read the second line is, it's a problem if at the beginning you ended up with what you left off with. Meaning, <clears throat> meaning the Bryce is saying that if you started off with two and left off with one is okay. But if you started off with what I just left off with, which means you started off with one, so then it's going to be a problem. So this is a Bryce, which is the Rabbanon's opinion, which we said before, Rabbiosi holds by Anagudas Ezov, you need three. The Rabbanon, who we're seeing in this b'risa, are saying that even though you started, you only started with two, that's kosher. Okay, top of Amud Beis. Darish Marimer, Hani Asuraisa de Sura Mesachin Bahu. Afagav de Ogdon, Leminyana Baalmahu de Ogdon. Okay, so we're going back to our mission. The mission is that a person cannot use a bundle of wood or reeds for schach. Okay, so Marimer said that if you have an item which is sold together, tied together. But it's, it's sold like that just for convenience for people to take it home. And the norm is you take it home and you separate it. There's no point for it to be together. So then that's okay. Why they put it together? They put it together to count it, to, to schlep it home, to make it easier. But that's not included in the decree in the Mishnah. The Mishnah was a specific case. The person who comes from his field with his, with his bundle of wood is going to throw it up on his sukkah. She's saying if you have an item which, which a person, they sell it in the store tied together for a different reason, then that's not included in the decree of the Mishnah. A person could use that for schach even while it's bound together. Amr of Abba, honey, Tzrifi de Orvani, Kevin Shehutra Rashi, Madonim Shalohan Kshayrim. So Tzrifi de Orvani, Rashi says, was um, a type of hut that people who were, who were bird hunting would camp out in. And it was basically some type of, almost like a, the shape of a Hershey kiss. Like a, okay. So how was it held together? It was individual pieces of wood, which was tied at the top and had a tie at the bottom. Okay, so that's, the Gemara is talking about it because is that included in our Mishnah? In other words, you basically have a bunch of pieces of wood tied together at two ends in, in, a, in a little bit different of a shape. 
So Rav Abba Berhani Tzrifidurvani Kevin Shehutri Roshim Adonim Shelohen Ksheru. He said, once you took off the tap connection, even though it's still connected around the bottom, it's okay. Ask the Gemara, Vagidi Mitatoi. What do you mean? It's still connected on one end. Amirav Papa Deshari Luhu. Yeah, he meant if you take out the top and the bottom, then it's okay. Rafuda Rid Rivishua, a filu tamadulashari luhu, call eget shaino asilataltaloshme eget. That any type of combination of the wood, which is not made in a way that you can carry the wood together, is not defined as an eget, and therefore it's fine. So once you took out the top and you have all you have a a, a circle around the bottom, which is much bigger than the, the top's little point. So if you would try to pick it up from there, it's not going to carry very nicely. So he's saying that's not, that's not defined as, as being an agate, and therefore was not included in the halach of the Mishnah. <clears throat> Vegetables which a person could use for Pesach may vienes they can transfer tumma, which means they can serve as an ohel, if it's if it's resting over a mace, to to allow the tumma to transfer. But they cannot serve as a block between the dead person and a separating room. And a person can't use it on sukkis like avir. So we'll learn a little bit later that. There's, there's a different halacha when it comes to schach pasal, schach a person can't use, and when it comes to avir, which is not having something in the space. Okay, so it's more lenient if a person has schach pasal than if a person has nothing, which is, which is interesting. Okay, so in other words, if a person has metal, which a person cannot use for schach, so then the shear to be a problem is for tvachim. If a person has nothing there, then the shear to be a problem is three tvachim, which means it's easier to have a problem than if you have bad materials there. So now his halach is coming to say that if you have vegetables which are going to dry out, so then postlin basukamishum avir. The halacha is you have to deal with them as air. Okay, so Rashi says as long as they're moist and normal vegetables, so you're totally fine. In other words, they really could. They really are schach pasal. But once they start drying out, so then they're going to start drying out and start crumbling. And therefore, his concern was that's going to happen during sukkahs. And you're going to be left without, without a proper amount of schach and not realize. So therefore, he was stringent to say, you have to deal with it as avir. In other words, if they're in your roof, you have to deal with it as if they're not there, which is a stringency. Don't count it at all. So therefore, a person won't come to a problem on circus. My time, what's the reason? Once they dry out, they're going to start crumbling and falling. Therefore, it's as if they're not there. Kiparashi is clear. He's learning the Gemara saying, which means as long as they are moist, it's 100% fine. The fact that in, there's a prediction that this is going to happen doesn't change anything today. But the problem is when that happens, I could have a problem. Therefore, we were stringent. Midirabbanan to say you always have to deal with it as avir so a person doesn't run into a problem. 
Okay, so just a brief, brief introduction before the next Gemara. There's a concept called Yodos, which means that if you have um, something attached to the food item, which could be Makabal Tumma, which its purpose is to help the food item in some way, so then that thing gets, this, gets the status of a Yad, which a Yad means that it's just like the food is able to be Makabal Tumma, so the stick or the branch that it's attached to, which its purpose is to help with the food, gets the same status as the food. Okay, so you have a food which can be makabotoma. If it's cut off the it's cut off the tree with a branch which helps out with the food, so that's called a yad for the food, a hand for the food. It helps the food. Okay, so just like the food can be makabotoma, so the yad of the tuma can also be makabotoma. Because that's the introduction. Now we're going to have two cases where there's going to be a disagreement if there is the status of a yad. The Amr of Abba, Amr of Huna, Habotzer Lagas, Ein Lo Yados. That a person who cut down a grapevine in order to um, make wine out of it, Ein Lo Yados. The branches that came with the grapes don't have the status of a yad. Does a person want that branch? with him when he's, when he's making his wine. All right, any good winemaker knows that you don't, you don't want the branches mixed in with your wine. It's not gonna make the wine taste good. So even though when he chopped it down, it came with grapes and branch, the branches in this situation are not helpful at all. And therefore, saying, a person who chopped down grapes with wood in this scenario, ain't lo yodos. The wood, you can deal with it as if it's not there. And therefore, the only thing that can be makabal tumma, can get tumma, is the food itself. Which means if tumma came in contact with the branch, you would be fine. Because the branch is not defined as something that can be makabal tumma. He said a different halacha. He said a person who chops down um, for schach, so ein lo yodos. If you have some type of food at the beginning of the branch, and you cut the branch with it, he also said that the branch doesn't have the status of a yad, and the only thing that could be makabal tumah, can become tummy is the food itself. Okay, so we have two different statements. One was talking about a person chopping down a grapevine to produce wine, and one was talking about a person who was chopping down Something to use it as schach for his sukkah. Okay, so now the Gemara is going to figure out wh which one is disagreeing with the other. In other words, they talk about two different things. Says the Gemara, Manta Amar Kotzer, if you said the second case, which means you're chopping down for your schach, that there's no halacha of yad on those branches, kol shekain botzer, then it's even more obvious when you're chopping down to produce wine that there's no status of yad. Why not? Because you don't want the branches in your wine. So if you even said, when you chop down for schach, <coughs> that there's no status of yad on that type of branch, so then it's a kol shekane, all the more so if you chop down for the wine, where having the branch there is bad for me, that a person would not, that the thing would not have the status of a yad. But the other way, man da amra boats or shein lo yodos, but if a person the, the first person who said 
that if you chop down the grapevine to produce wine, that wood does not have the status of a yad, because having the branch in my wine is bad. But if you, he would hold that if you chop down to produce schach, then the wood would, yes, have the status of a yad. Why? Ultimately, it's good to have the food attached to the branch when you put it on your sukkah. As much as the food doesn't count as schach, but it's going to give some weight to the branch so that it won't fly off your sukkah so easily. So in other words, the disagreement is if you chop down a piece of a grapevine to produce wine, so everyone agrees the branches are not helpful. And in fact, it's going to hurt your wine. And therefore, for me, it would have been better if there weren't branches here. Therefore, we don't deal with the branch like the grape, and therefore it cannot be makabotumah. The disagreement is, if you chop down a branch to put it on your sukkah, so how do you deal with that branch? One says that the food doesn't help me for my sukkah. I can't use the food as schach. It's, it's able to be makabotumah. And therefore, I don't like the fact that there's a connection between the branch and the food. And therefore, there's no status of yad. The other one says, as much as you can't use the food for your schach, but ultimately having the food there is going to keep your schach, the branch, in place. And therefore, you do like the fact that there's a connection between these two items. And therefore, the branch is going to, yes, be a yad for the food, which is tumah. Okay, so the disagreement is that case. The person who cut down for schach, does the branch have the status of a yad for the food to be makabal tumah or not? Name of the Reminashi Bargada Tanohi. Kumara says, so let's see if Reminashi Bargada, which was the second opinion, who said you cut down for schach, there's no yad. Let's see if this is a machlokis tanoim, titanium. A person cut down branches of a fig tree with figs on them. Parchilim, um, parts of a grapevine which had grapes. Kashin, ubehen shibalim, chabdos, ben tmarim. Date branches with dates on them. Kulan impsolus merubala ochlin, ksheru. So if a person wants to use it for schach, if there's more things which are no good, in other words, which are the branches, more so than the fruits, then it's okay. It's okay to use it as your schach, because most of the stuff is kosher for schach. Imlav psula. First opinion says, but if there's more fruits than there is branch, then it would be a problem, because most of the thing you're using for your sukkah is not kosher for schach. Acheirim omrim. The second opinion said that no, you need to have enough branches, enough of the wood materials, more than the food and the yodos, the branches which are helping the food. So we seem to have a disagreement. Do we count just... And the food as the things you can't use for schach. So my love book and Miflugi says the Gemara is not their disagreement. That the one opinion who only dealt with the food as a reason, as a thing that's no good for schach, he held like the opinion that said if you chop down for schach, the only the, there's no halach of yados, and therefore the only thing which can be makabotum is the food. But the other opinion who said that you have to deal with the branches and the food as things which are pasal schach, no good for schach, he must have held like the other opinion that said 
that there is a status of Yad in this case, because since the person wants the fruit on the end of the branch to weigh down Eschach, therefore there, it would, yes, have the status of Yad. Says the Gemara, According to Reb Abba, who said that if a person chops down for Eschach, there is the status of Yad, he's going to have to agree that the, that this Brisa, one opinion's like him, one opinion's not like him. But the other opinion, does he have to say one opinion's like him, one opinion's not like him? So Gemara explains, He'll tell you, everyone agrees to me, if you cut down for schach, then there's no status of Yad. Right? That, was his, that was his halacha before, because he held, if you're cutting down for schach, then the fact that uh, he, he's, he's arguing that I don't want the branch attached to my fruit. Since I can't use my fruit for my sukkah, so I don't care about the branch being attached to the fruit. Therefore, the branch does not have the status of a yad. So he'll tell you, everyone agrees to me. So I, we just learned in a brisa that there seemed to be a disagreement about that point. So he'll say, the case they were talking about was, that a person initially cut down to eat it. If he cut down to eat it, so at that point in time, everyone agrees that he was happy with the fact that there was a branch there. And then he switched his mind, took his time, and said, you know what, I'll use this as my schach. So he's arguing, if you cut it down for schach, everyone agrees to me, that says, the person doesn't want the branch attached to the fruit, therefore you don't deal with the branch as a yad, the only thing that can be makabotum is the fruit. He's saying the case of the brysa was he chopped it down for food. At that point in time, everyone agrees it could, yes, be makabal because everyone agrees at that point the branch is good for the fruit. Now the person switched and said, I'm going to use it for schach. And we seem to have a, dis he's saying that's the case they're disagreeing about. Is there still a status of yad or not? Okay, but everyone's agreeing at that point when I cut it down for food. The, the branch which is supporting, which helps with the movement or the production of the fruit, was able to be makabal tumah. He's saying, but the machlokis is, when he switched in his mind for schach, did that take away the branch's status of being able to be makabal tumah? So ask the Gemara, he quotes it on Lachila, if the case is like you said, that he chopped it down for food, my time, my time, what would be the reason for the opinion that says, the thing which was he able to be makabotum, but the branch, once he switched to use it for schach, now is not makabotum. Maybe you'll tell me that the rabbanon hold that since he switched his mind, the thing which was able to be makabotum is no longer. But that's not true. Can a person? change the status of the item just with his thought? Vatnan. The Mishnah says, that a kli, in being defined as a kli, as a utensil, to be able to be makabotumah, that a person can decide in his mind what he's using it for, and if he decides he's using it for something which his production is finished, so it has the status of a kli, 
And if Tumah touches it today, it could become Tumi. But But something which is able to be Makabal Tumah, a person cannot just switch in his mind to take away that status. What a person needs to do is a Shinoi Maisa. That means he needs to affect it physically. Okay, so the Mishnah is telling us to be to get the status of being able to be Makabal Tumah, a person can decide in his head that I'm going to use this, this skin as a tablecloth, and if the skin is finished as a tablecloth, so now it's a tablecloth, it can be Makabal Tumah. But if something's already able to be Makabal Tumah, so then to take away its status and make it something which is no longer a Kli again, that he needs to physically affect it, Bishino Maisa. That if a person does a physical action to change the item, it can take away a physical action he did to make it into a kli. And take away the thought that he had to make it into a kli. But machshava, but a thought, that if a person made something a kli with his thought by saying, I'm using this for something which it's finished for, or he physically cut it up and turned it into the type of utensil he wants to use, once the item can be makabal tumah, so then switching in his mind is not able to take it away. Okay, so we're left with a cliffhanger, which is if the case is that the person cut it down to eat and then switched for schach, so then we have to figure out what is the reason for the tan of the Rabbanon that it should be okay. If everyone agrees at the time he cut it down to eat, it, the, the branch had the status of a yad, which allowed it to be makabal tumah. So how come sukkah's time when the person switched his mind, now it's going to take away the status that that branch had from being able to be makabal tumah.